Welcome back everybody. This is Christians United Ministry. My name is Travis and today right now we're going to be doing our, my weekly sermon. Uh, today's sermon is going to be on temptation. This is the devil's number one strategy to bring people away from God. Because you've got to remember that the devil's only job is to bring people away from God. And this is his main power and area of focus is tempting us. And we'll see, actually, it's not all about, you know, getting what we, like, you know, using what we want, like things that would make us happy, but also bringing us through pain and suffrage. We're going to see some examples of that today. Today's going to be a little long of a episode because I do got about six to seven different books I'm reading, going to be reading from and really bringing up the message here. So uh, at first, we're going to bring up, uh, we're going to start right at the beginning. And that's the book of Genesis. We're going to go, go through Genesis. And really what Genesis is, is the creation of this world. And the first few decades, centuries, whatever, of the world. And it's really, and after we go through Genesis, we're going to go through Matthew 4. And, and it's going to give us an example of a bad way to handle temptation in a good way. And how it's supposed to be handled. Um, so let's go right into it. I'm so excited. I've been waiting all week to be doing this. So let's start. We're going to go to Genesis 2. And how I'm going to do this is I'm going to read into it. I'm going to read some uh, part of the chapter. And once I get through what I want to read, I'm going to go over it. So today, we're, right now, we're going to Jackson, um, Excuse me, Genesis 2. And we're going to go to verse number 9. So it's Genesis 2, 9 of our King's James Bible. Well, let's go to 8. Let's go right, right, right to 8, actually. So it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, had made, made, out of the, ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to his sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four hens. So it goes off to name the four, which is not really relevant to what the message I'm trying to bring, but there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of rivers that are feeding the trees, and um, giving gold, stone. It's, it's, it's a big garden, that's where we're going with here and we're gonna go uh, a little bit further down to seven and um to 15 it says the lord god took that man and put him in the garden we get into dress and to keep it and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree in the garden thou mayest eat freely but of the tree of now of the knowledge of good and evil thou should not eat of it in that day thou that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone, and I will make him help for him. And what he's saying there is, at the end, is help, that's, that's Eve. That's Adam and Eve. That's who he's making. But when we in picture, can picture, when we picture the entire garden you think about this four rivers going through it so you can imagine it's pretty huge it's pretty big all these trees and it's just one tree that he was told to stay away from the tree of knowledge of good and evil 
So we're gonna skip all the way ahead because you know he, he creates Eve. So we're gonna go right to three, from three chapter uh, chapter three Genesis chapter three, first one. And we start reading. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Yea, shall shall not eat of every tree in Eden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Yea, shall not eat of it. Eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall surely not die. For God do know that in the day of that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good of evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed figs together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walk into the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So, <clears throat> we know that we know that God's going to kick him out of the, port, um, the Garden of Eden, and this is in fact quite important. But let's go back to now. We're going right back to first one, where it's where the serpent came in. The serpent, as we should know it, is the devil, and he says, he says. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ye shall not eat from every tree of the garden. Yeah? He said, didn't God say you shall not eat of every tree? And then I said, no, we, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the tree is in the midst of the garden. So, he's saying, he used, he's like, didn't God tell you you can eat of all trees? Why would he put this tree there if you can't eat it? He says, oh, yeah, you should surely, you should surely eat it. You're not, you're not going to die. You're going to be, you're going to be God's. Knowing good, good and evil. Wouldn't God want you to know good and evil? And she thought, oh, yeah. You know, maybe he's right. So, look, before we get in further, look what the devil did. He approached them. And he saw, he knew exactly how to tempt them. He knew exactly what to say. He, he, these people didn't really, Adam and Eve didn't know much of the word. They didn't know the whole series. Since they were just created and told not to eat this tree and to do whatever. To go, you have this whole garden to yourselves. Just keep it, just till it, just keep it, you know, thriving, and it's all yours. So they don't really know the word, you know what I'm saying? Because the word hasn't really officially started yet. But God did tell them, you know, look, do not eat that out of this tree. And the devil's over here, singing in their ear, ah, go ahead, eat it. God surely is not going to kill you over it. It's just a tree, right? But then that's where they took over. Now notice how the devil didn't take an apple or any a fruit off the tree and hand it to her. She did it herself. She took it. And not only did she take the fruit, 
but she was there touching the tree. So that kind of gets us to think a little bit about why were so they had the whole garden to themselves, right? They had the whole garden to themselves. Think about we just talked about just talked about it. Four rivers going through it, all these trees, all this fruit, all this everything they need to thrive. I would love to live in this garden. So why were they around the one tree they shouldn't be near? They were told directly to not go in this one to eat from this one tree. So why were you near it in the first place? And that's where we really got to start. Uh, that's really where we got to opening eyes. Is why were was she near that tree? And that tree it doesn't. It's not just necessarily about specifically the tree. It's about sin. Why are we near things that bring sin? Think about it this way. If I'm a drug addict and I'm trying not to come up, I'm trying to stay off the drugs, I'm not trying to go back onto drugs. So why am I with the people who sold me the drugs or in the same neighborhood where there's drug dealers? You know, you would want to stay away from those people, stay away from that area because you know you'll fall, that you could fall into that addiction again. Same thing here. If you, she didn't go near the tree, she couldn't be tempted because she's not near it. So how can she eat a tree if she's not eat from a tree if she's not near it? And so that brings us into preventative measures. Preventing ourselves from putting ourselves in a position where we can sin or fall off away from the path of God. Throughout our whole lives, we are tempted all the time. And when in the times of temptation, you know, that's the whole point of temptation is it's going to be hard for you to overcome it on your own. It's going to be hard for you to overcome it. Why? Because it's tempting. The devil picks your own desires. He doesn't just give you, hey, yeah, I'll just say, I'll give you five bucks if you do this. No, he's taking something that you really want, something you're thriving for, something you're desiring solely for. And he's gonna he's going to really try try to extort you and try to bring you in to that sin. And at that time when we're committing temptation, we may not be thinking about God. We and it may not even roll our mind, okay, is this a sin? You may not realize it because we're just caught up and focusing on this. So that's why we always gotta stay guard. Another thing, another good example out of here that is that not only did Eve eat it, she brought Adam into it. So if we go back into where we read it, into what we read, took the man and to put him, put him to uh, into the Garden of Eden, and he told him not to eat the tree, uh, eat of the tree. But notice how he made the woman after he told. Adam not to eat out of the tree. Note how Eve was not present when God had um, had, had warned Adam not to eat it. So that's a kind of a good example of what we read this morning of Ezekiel three, but being a watchman or sentinel. And God had warned Adam. So what Adam, Adam being warned, what he should have done was 
warn Eve, hey, you shouldn't be eating it. That's the tree. That's the tree you're not supposed to eat. Why? What are you doing? You should have warned her. Because remember, it says that we need to. Remember, it says that we need to warn the wicked of the wicked ways. And if we don't, they will die of their sin. But we will be responsible for their blood. So look how. And look how Adam was affected by Eve's mistake. Adam himself fell into the temptation from his wife. He fell into temptation from the woman he, he was made who was made out of him. Had he warned her, the temptation would have been made. The temptation would have happened. The sin would have happened, or the temptation would have happened. But she, remember, Adam was the only one that God told. So they both so, but here's the difference is here's why Eve is at a fault because she did tell the devil that hey, God says we're not supposed to eat of it so she knew she wasn't supposed to eat of it but she's still anyways so that's why she's kind of also, so, so I guess at some point Jesus, um, not Jesus um, Adam must have told her or maybe God to come to her but for all purposes that is not specifically explicitly said in the Bible, but it is said that it is to surely point out that Adam is told first, at least. Adam is told. Anyways, we're going to go out of Adam and Eve, and we're going to go to Matthew 4. Matthew, for anybody who doesn't know, is my favorite book of the Bible. So let's just... Go right to it. There we go. Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to go back to verse 1. And this is the, temp the three temptations of Jesus. So let's start reading. Verse 1. Then Jesus was led, led up of the Spirit into the wild wilderness to be tempted as the tempted of the devil. And when he had for fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was after afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made of bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth in the pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall they shall bear him up, bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and sheweth him all the glorious all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me then saith Jesus unto him get thee hence saying for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve and the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. 
So what this is telling us is, well, this is all about how Jesus is being tempted. Now, this, so if you think about this, this is a example of how to handle temptation. And Genesis with Adam and Eve was an example of how to not handle temptation. So it was the Bible is kind of giving us a comparison, like, you know, how you should handle it and how you should handle it. And look at how Jesus didn't cave at all and he was strong now let's kind of point out about his strength you know it is it, it's, it's an argument it's a good one that you know it, it seems that the devil had waited 40 days and 40 nights just like Jesus fasted 40 days 40 nights notice how the devil didn't interrupt him notice how the devil waited the 40 days and 40 nights specifically he didn't get him when he was in the midst of it, like, you know, 15, that day 15, day 25, day 35. You know what I'm saying? He didn't wait. He waited for him to finish. Because remember, he was set to be here for 40 days. The devil actually waited the 40 days. He didn't try to intervene. Now, the reason might be is because the devil probably think, well, 40 days, he's surely going to be starving. He's going to be really hungry. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be at the point where He's gonna if I'm, I'm gonna attempt him one time, and she should be able to fall right Im immediately. Well, it turns out that the forty days and forty nights is what God need, was what Jesus needed. Jesus needed that forty days and forty nights to strengthen himself, and that's because he was doing it for God. And it's kind of important to bring out another verse out of a different book to prove this, and it's, it's James four, eight. So it's Ch James chapter four eight. And it says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And so that's only half the verse, but that's what exactly I need to prove. But the other part says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. But he's saying right here, draw nigh to God. That means draw closer to God. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. So Jesus, for God, went on this fast for God. So he was drawing closer to God, and so God was drawing closer to him. And that's why he was so strong. Another why that Jesus was so strong is because look at what the devil was doing. The devil was bringing out scripture. Oh, this is for written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Well, and the devil was pulling out actual scripture, but it was pulling it out of context. And Jesus knew this because Jesus was all was all filled up in the word. Because he remember he is God. He is the word. But he knew the word. So therefore, he was armored. He was protected and ready for defense. He was ready. Because he he is so caught up in the word that he knew that the devil was inaccurate. There was The devil was falsely pulling, pulling out scripture to test and tempt the Lord. And to get Jesus to bow. And it's also important to note that the very next uh, verse. I didn't read it yet. But it said... Uh, it's 4.11 and it says the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered him and when he's saying it is the devil left the devil did leave him but the devil didn't truly just leave he's waiting for opportunity and he's getting he's and that's, what the, that's an important lesson that we need to remember is that the devil is watching and 
he's waiting for a good opportunity to come and attack. So we always got to be on the lookout for that. Now let's go to actually, we're going to, I'm going to show that to you and Luke. We're going to go all up to Luke. Luke 13. Um, I didn't pull that out, so I should have. Excuse me, Luke 4.13. Should have pulled it out before I started this podcast, but it is what it is. We're all going to go to Luke 4.13 together. And you'll see this because this this is the we, what we just write is Matthew's version of the temptation of Jesus Christ, and that Luke four is the uh, Luke's version of the temptation of Jesus. And look at what he says in the last verse. He says, "And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him from him for a season." Now look at the words "for a season." So he didn't just leave him all together. He's waiting. He's back lurking into the shadows waiting for an area of opportunity again he's never he's never guy he's just dormant he's just dormant you saw he couldn't get Jesus now so he's going to come back and add more more opportunity he always is always tempting this is number this is number one power he's tempting everybody and he always comes in at the right moment at the area of opportunity now we're going to go a little further in Matthew, of Matthew 6. Uh, it's, got, it's just one verse. That's Matthew six thirteen, And it's a point because Jesus is going to tell us how we get over temptation. Ready? It's going to take 13 seconds to read it. Ready? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hmm. Where's that from? Where's that from? our father prayer Jesus in that prayer tells us lead us not into temptation and where is that in that's in the prayer and that's going to be doubled down in Luke 22 and so in this prayer he's telling us to lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil now where so he just said it right there temptation where is it from evil deliver us from evil Lead us not into temptation, temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this is double down in Luke twenty-two. Luke twenty-two, verse forty. This is where they come for Jesus. This Jesus, uh, we're um, Lord's Supper, uh, the last dinner is what they as they call it. And what he says is, um. Pray. Remember, we're at Luke Luke twenty two verse forty, the second half of it. And it says, "Pray that ye enter not into temptation." He just told us, "It's like you got to pray," and that's Jesus acknowledging that we can't do it on our own. He knows we can't. We are not strong enough for it. We're not. Now the next one is uh, next verse. We're going to go jump to is First Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 13. And that in itself is telling us how to handle temptation. It says, That hath no temptation taken from you, but such as common as to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted from a tempted above, they are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye be able to bear it. So he's saying, so we're gonna, he's telling us here we're going to be tempted he says but when we're with God 
when we're when when we are with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are able to bear it. We are able to handle it. We are going to be able to get it through together. He's telling us right now, with me, I will take off all the stress, and you will be tempted, but you'll be able to overcome it because I am with you. I am with you. You just need to be with me. You just need to draw closer to me. And that's how we handle temptation. So those last two verses told us how to handle temptation. Now we're going to look at some examples, other examples in the Bible, how people have handled temptation. I didn't really necessarily pull out any verses for these two examples because it's, it's just they're too much they're in the number of places. But the, we all know that we should all know um, the book of Sam. Uh, uh, we should all know about Samson. He was the strongest man in the Bible. He he was super strong. No one could no one could beat him, defeat him. And he he just had remarkable muscles. And God gave him his power, but his one power came with one condition, and that was to not cut his hair. And he did it for a long time until a woman did it. He fell for a woman. Now. That 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 is an example of temptation. She was tempted by this beautiful woman, who was a Philistine, and he fell to her, and she cut his hair. And he immediately recognized the mistake he made. And you'll see that he came, he came, he went to God, and he said, "God, God, give it to me one more time. I brought us into this mess. Let me let me get up, get us out of it." And God gave God's mercy. He gave it to him. Even though he did fall and you know, leave this earth, but he did give it to him. And that's important to point out: is that God knows, God knows that we will fall, we will fall into temptation. But just like Samson, he he got he forgave him, moved on, and gave him his powers back. And it's the same thing for us: if we truly repent, like Samson did, when he went through that true repentance. That is how we get out of temptation. It's with the word. And if we follow the word, we have to repent. And repentance is important. We're going to go through some, another chapter, another sermon. But repentance is not about just saying sorry. It's not just about saying sorry. It's about changing your ways. And truly feeling guilty and bad. And in sorrow for what you did against God. And that's what Samson did. Samson knew. This is also, the next one's actually in the book of Job, and it's actually a good one. Um, it's a good example of this, and this is the example where the devil just doesn't bring good stuff in our life to tempt us with good things. He also tempts us with bad things. And that's all in the book of Job. Now, when we look in the book of Job, again, I, you can just open up Job, uh, right? Right at the beginning of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Look at what happened. The devil came to God and said, look, I can take your strongest follower and turn against you. And God said, no you can't. But here, here's my strongest follower. That's Job. Job had everything. I think about it. a lot of people think, well, well, yeah, well, he had everything. He had 
10 kids. He had kids. He had the most animals, the big, the nice house, his kids had houses. He had servants. He had he had everything, livestock. And so everybody's like pretty much thinking, yeah, well, who would, who would it be? He has all these things. Well, God had authorized the devil to tempt him. Remember, God already told us we're going to go through temptation. And this was Job's. Job himself lost everything. Lost his kids, his house, his livestock, his servants, everything. And to add on to that, his wife lost her mind. Not literally she didn't go insane, but look at what happened. Job never lost his faith. Job never lost his faith in God. Can you believe that? You lose everything. Like, literally, you lose everything just like that. He's gone. Everything's gone. And he's still a true worshiper of Jesus Christ, of the Lord God. And to top that off, his wife, again, lost her mind. Like, why are you still... Why are you still with his God? Forsake him already. His friends are saying the same thing. Even because even his health is going down in decline. He was in agony. And he never gave faith. He never gave up his faith. He called her a fool. He said, listen, you foolish woman. Don't you know that the Lord God has a plan? This is testimony to the fact that God tempts his true followers so if you're being tempted instead of seeing that as okay well you know they might maybe see that as yeah so instead of seeing that as oh I'm going through this bad situation well see this as God's testing me I must be that much of a good follower of Jesus of God he's testing me but again we all gotta just like just like Job we, he, Job never questioned God's intent never question God himself and we must not do the same well we must do the same and not question God <laughs> it's very this is temptation is a very big thing and just like this in this example Job was tempted and lost in suffrage because the devil wasn't trying to say oh I'll give you this he was trying to say why would God let this happen why would he let this happen if he was such a good God why well that's not how it works out that's not how it works out at all is he just does anything he can to get people away from God in any way and that kind of brings some of some good points that we got to remember that, that the devil is always watching like God is but the devil he's he's laying dormant in the back of your closet He's sitting there watching and waiting for the perfect moment. And he's expert at it. He knows the smallest area of opportunity. If he, he knows how to change you against yourself. And we all got to remember that, that the word devil means deceitful. Deceit. It means to be deceitful. And that's what he does. He deceives us makes us think we, we want something or do we truly desire something when we really don't. We really don't. 
And he says, oh, well, I'll give you a dream job if you just do this. And you may actually think that that's the right thing to do. And he may even come as if he thinks he's God. I think it's God for him to. Now, here's another thing to, to point out. Is the devil may do nothing. The devil may do nothing. You may be having great things going on in your life. And the devil won't affect it at all. Because he wants you. Because he knows that you're probably already on the path to hell. So he doesn't want to interfere with that. Because he, he knows if you're doing right or wrong, he's watching. Remember, he's still watching. So he may be like, well, I don't need a guy. Everything's going, everything's going well. Everything's going great. So why would they give credit to God if everything's going well? Or nothing's bad happening to me, so obviously God is protecting me. But the devil's just sitting there watching because he knows that ain't anywhere near the truth. That ain't anywhere near the truth. Is that bad things don't have to happen for it, for it to come from the devil. Good things can come from the devil too, but in a deceitful way. Which is why we always got to stay in the word. Now go back to how Jesus was. Jesus was strong in the word. Jesus was strong in the Bible, so he knew how to defend himself. That was the only way. And when we, when we fall off the word. We open up to the devil's attacks. And unfortunately, we'll never be able to overcome it. Ever. Because we're, we're not being in the word. The devil is actually watching us right now. He's watching us laughing because we're doing his work for him. We're divided amongst ourselves. Do you realize that? We're divided amongst ourselves. We have Lutherans, Protestants, Pentecostals, Baptists, Catholics, and I'm not saying everybody's bad, but we have people who think, oh, they're Catholics, or they're obviously not Christian, or, oh, they're Baptists, we don't believe in bad, we don't believe what they believe, don't, don't talk to them, we're divided, we're caught up in greed and ignorance, and it's all, all the devil's work for him. The devil has to do anything. He said, this is easy. I might as well take off today. Because we got to realize that anything can get us away from God. Anything. There's nothing in this world that is not against us. This world is sinful. This world will cost us our seat. And when we become of this world, we're no longer of God. We need to become of God, not of this world. We got to be inspired of the world. Now I hope you remember where that what where that came from. Where where, where did we talk about that? About being unspotted of the world. So it's important that we're always on the lookout. And now the final point I kinda of want to make in this sermon is the whole thing that could have prevented everybody is staying in prayer and worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only defense we have. There's the word and prayer. That's how Jesus, Jesus went 40 days without eating or drinking. He went 40 days. And he didn't give in anything. Look at Samson. Samson, sorry. Samson didn't fast. He was perfectly healthy. He was, he had a good life and yet he still fell. Look at Job. Job had everything, then lost everything 
he never fell. Look at Adam and Eve. They had everything. They had, they had everything. And they fell. So notice how the people who actually are suffering are the ones succeeding. But the ones who aren't suffering are the ones who are falling. Do you notice that? Anybody else notice that? So the people who should be falling aren't falling. Not saying you should, but it'd be kind of like, you know, okay, well, I get it. He was fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. I mean, that's not an excuse, but I understand. But they didn't fall. You know why? Because they were all close to prayer and worship of God. Job says early in the beginning of the Bible that he woke up every morning and he prayed for all his kids. He prayed every single morning. He, he worshipped God every day. And that's why he didn't fall. And that's why he didn't fall. No matter what kind of temptation was brought to him, he didn't fall. He didn't forsake God. No matter what the devil did, Jesus never fell or gave in. They didn't even remote. They didn't even. They didn't even hesitate. They didn't say, "Well, you know, no." The Bible says God says not to do that. But you know, they didn't do that. They were immediately, "Nope, no, 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 no." That's what we need to be in life. We need to stay away from our sin. We need to stay away from our trees. Not saying literally the trees, but whatever brings us sin or, or can bring us sin into temptation, we need to pre prevent from that. And how do we do that? By reading the word. That's what I do every morning. That's why I do my Bible reading every morning, every day. Keep the word in my in my in my heart. And Jesus in my heart. So I can overcome that temptation. And I hope you guys do the same. <clears throat> the Bible gives us all the answers. When it comes to temptation to sin, we just have to read. We just have to live. And reading is not not enough. We have to live the word just as just like we have to read it. So that actually does conclude our sermon for today. It did take about, what, 38 minutes it looks like. Let's hit 38 minutes. So that was actually a pretty good episode. Tomorrow we're going to go right back to our Bible study, our Bible reading. And if anybody has any questions or comments on today's Bible reading or today's sermon, want to have a conversation with me, again, I do have an email that I will respond to personally is Christians United Ministry. Christians with an S, United Ministry at gmail.com. I personally read all emails myself, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, agreements, disagreements, venting, something going on in your life, need some advice, need someone to talk to, need an event to somebody, I am always here. It, your, everything you say to me is purely confidential. Nobody will read it. Not even my wife will read it. Nobody except for me. So I do thank you all for coming again to today's podcast. Um, do like, subscribe, click the notifying button. And coming up this week, I'm going to be um, uh, researching ways to improve this podcast. If anybody has any suggestions on how I should, uh, how I can, or how to improve the podcast in your opinion... Again, email me, ChristiansUnitedMinistry at gmail.com. And I'm all ears. I'm going to be looking at different things I could be doing. Um, 
maybe different ways to expand, anything. So again, my name is Travis. This is Christians United Ministry. God be with you.